You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Revelations chapter 2, verse 1. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write. Of course, the word angel means messenger. So this was written to the preacher. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. And of course, the lampstands were representative of the church. He says, these are the words of him who walks among the, the churches. Isn't it awesome to know that Jesus walks from church to church to church to see if you're fired up about him? I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know you can't tolerate wicked men. You've tested those who claim to be apostles and are not. You found them false. You've persevered and endured hardship for my name and have what? Have not grown weary. I mean, what a, just what an incredible encouragement God has for this church. He says, you, you, I know your deeds. He says, you, you're hardworking. He says, you, you, you persevere. You don't tolerate wicked men, false teaching, sin in the church. You don't tolerate that. You've tested those who claim to be apostles or not. Said you've persevered and endured hardship. Says you've gone through tough things like England losing right there. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to come. You, you've, you've endured hardship right there. Like America win. I'm sorry. Sorry. Sorry about that. America, America won again. Uh, yeah, I need to be careful right there. I don't want the stones to come on out. I, I am walking on holy ground right there. That sport was created here. Uh, but, but he says, you've gone through these things and have persevered, endured hardship, and, and, and have not grown weary. You know how it is when you're weary. Things get tiresome, tedious, and you just, you just don't have any passion. Yet I have this against you. You've forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you've fallen. Repent. Do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, because there's always a chance you may not repent. I'll come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. And of course, a lampstand gives light. He says, I'll remove your light to the world. You will no longer be the light to the world as the church. You'll be the darkness. It's a salvation issue when you lose your first love. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practice of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Of course, the Nicolaitans, uh, they were a heretical sect within the church that had worked out a compromise with the pagan society. Uh, and basically, they taught that spiritual liberty gave them sufficient leeway to practice immorality and idolatry. And so, you know, try to make a bargain with the devil right there and have the best of both worlds. And he says, no, nah, no, nah, you hate that stuff. And we hate that. Right, church? Yeah. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. So all the churches took admonishment from this to him who overcomes. I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. And the church said, I love the way he says, you've forsaken your first love. Do you remember the first time you fell in love? You remember that first time you fell in love? That first girlfriend or that first boyfriend? Okay, maybe some of you never had a girlfriend or boyfriend right there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. I, I remember my, my, my first love. You know, it's awesome when, when, when you have... Uh, 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 when you fall in love, but truly my, my, my real first love is my lovely wife, Michelle. Amen. That's my first love. 
I said, do you remember the first time you, you, you fell in love? Not the, see, the first love is Michelle. Okay, I just had to smooth that on out right there. We are talking about dating. And, uh, but, but, you know, our, 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 our friendship, our marriage has grown so much that we, we just talk about everything. We have these incredible talks. Of course, yesterday we had our family talk. We had dinner, and we, we went on a family walk right there. And we just walked, and Michelle's sharing. We're talking, and, you know, we talk about everything. She tells me about her past experiences, old past boyfriends and all this stuff. I'm telling her about old past girlfriends. I said, babe, I remember my first girlfriend. And Michelle's like, yeah, okay. And I said, you know, we, the, the, the first girlfriend I had. And Michelle's listening to this story right there, and I go, you know, uh, you, you know I, I remember, remember I just wanted to have a girlfriend. I was in high school, and I didn't go into all the details. I'll go a little bit more right here. And, uh, you know, I, I got a chance to play on the, on the varsity basketball team, so you had all the, 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 the seniors, and I was, dare we say, just a sophomore. I was year 10. They were year 12. And they had, all had girlfriends. I did not. And so they walk in, and they got their girlfriends, and then, and then there's me, no girlfriend. And so I started scoping out the high school looking for a girlfriend. And, and, and then there's this girl named Diana. She used to chase me around. I, I could not stand Diana. She would just come after me all the time. She'd just try to just connect with me, and I just, I didn't like, she was too aggressive right there. <laughs> That's too much. You're, you're, you're too aggressive. You're one of those aggressive, just going after me. I said, no, no. And then I found this gal, and, 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 and before you know it, we, small talk, we became boyfriend and girlfriend. And, 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 and I was in love. And, and, and it, it was awesome, because I, I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't. Didn't even want to give a kiss or anything like that. I. I just. I just felt good that I had a girlfriend. I just kind of walked on in. And, hey guys, how are you? This is my girlfriend. We're in love. And it was awesome. And of course, being a '90s child, there was a song that came on that I think is relevant to us today in our walk with God. And you may. You may be a '90s child. This song you may have heard of, and it's by uh, an artist called Babyface. Sorry, George, it's not rock and roll. I know it's R&B. Next time. Next time, bro. And the song is Two Occasions. And the words go like this. A summer love is beautiful, but it's not enough to satisfy emotions that are shared between us. A winter love is cozy, but I need so much more. It just intensifies my wants to have a love that endures. And then the chorus goes, Cause every time I close my eyes, I think of you. Remember that? Maybe I'm dating myself right there. It says, no matter what the season nears, I still love you with all my heart. And I want to be with you wherever you are. I only think of you on two occasions. That's day and night. I'd go for broke if I could be with you. Only you can make it right. Isn't that, isn't that awesome, right? They'll just get you go. It says, and autumn love is special at this time of year. But when the leaves are gone, does that love disappear? I never underestimate the new love found in spring. But I'm glad to say in my heart, I know my love is lasting. Because every time I close my eyes, I think of you. No matter how, what season nears, I still love you with all my heart. And I want to be with you wherever you are. And the church said, Amen. you got to ask yourself, is that how you feel about God? Because as I was talking, I go, wow, that, that, this is awesome. I love Michelle, and I remember my first love. But what about my love for God? 
Because initially I go, this sermon's got to have some stuff for the marrieds. But they're, they're past the dating thing. And yes, you need to go on dates as marrieds. Amen. But, but I, I realized the church here got deceived. They fell out of love with God. And it, it hit me that we, we can't, because I was going to say, you know, how's your dating relationship going with God? But then I thought about it. I go, you don't, you don't date God. You have a relationship with God. Because, see, on a date, you get dressed up for the date, right? And then the date's over and you put on the clothes you would normally wear. But you don't do that with God. You're with him all the time. On a date, you put on your best when you're on the date. You, you, you act really awesome on the date. Then your true heart comes out in, with your roommates and all that stuff. So you don't do that with God. You don't come and act really awesome at church at 10 a.m. And then your real heart comes out when you're headed over to the kebab shop. You don't do all that kind of stuff. So you can't date God. And I, it just hit me. You got to have a relationship with God. So I was trying to weave that point. How's your dating relationship going with God? No, 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 no. You got to have a relationship with God. And so for the entire church, how is your relationship with God? During this time of year, the summertime, are you in love with God? Do you just want to be with God? You just want to hold his hand and walk in and, wow, I, I'm with God. Your prayer life is you just want to talk to God. You're not just saying, hey, well, can you give me this? Can you give me that? Can you give me God, can you give me this? I need a girlfriend. I need to do this. I need that. I need some finances. No, you just want to spend time talking to God. That's a different relationship. That's a different thing. And I think the church in Ephesus was deceived. They fell out of love with God. I think there are a few things that happened. Their depth had them fall out of love with God. I think there are times where they worked but didn't worship. And so in that way, they really denied God. I think they really, I think the difficulties had an impact on their relationship with God, and I think they were deceived. I think they were deceived. Matthew chapter 13. Come on, bro. Matthew 13. Check this out. One of those old faithful scriptures we know, but we, we, we kind of need to be reminded of. Verse 1. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. I heard the singles are going to be by the lake next weekend. Amen. Make sure you're still sold out to the Lord. Oh, it's the sea. I'm sorry. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and he sat in it while other people stood on the shore. He told him many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow seed as he was scattering the seed. Some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have what? Much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. And then, of course, in verse 18, it simply says, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away that which was sown in his heart. This is the seed along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on the rocky places, not the man who hears the word, but at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, no depth, he lasts only a short time when trouble or persecution comes because of the word he quickly falls away and the church said wow you've got to have depth to stay in love with God 
You can't just be a shallow disciple. You can't just tank when trouble or persecution comes. You've got to have a depth about you. Now, in the church in Ephesus, it didn't go into detail about how they forsaken his first love, but I, it hit me that when you just aren't having that deep, impactful love for, for, for God, and you're just having that shallow quiet time, that shallow prayer, you're not letting suffering mold you, this creates a lack of depth in your walk with God. Denial, Mark chapter 14. Denial kills your walk with God and kills your love for God. When, when, when you're in denial, every marriage goes through a point where you're not telling yourself the truth about things. You got to be honest. Mark 14. I think because they were working so hard in Ephesus, they thought, well, I guess we're close to God. You cannot earn your salvation. Mark 14. Verse 10. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted to hear this and promised to what? Give him money. So he watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Denies God for money. Denial. When you're in denial about your walk with God. That happened to me this week. I went out to have a, a, a stained glass window prayer. You ever have one of those? Heavenly Father, holy, righteous God, creator of the universe, spiritual leader of the world. And God is sitting there going, God, you are so religious. You're denying me just because you want to, you just want to see if America's going to win the football match right here. It wasn't for money, but it was for a football match. I just want to confess that. And I, I it just, prayer was just, Stained glass. I go, let me just talk to God and stop being dishonest. You can literally be dishonest with God in your prayer life. I just was lying to God in my prayer, just having this, just to get it over with. And yet you look at Judas, oh, he denied God for money, but we can deny God for time. We can deny God for play. We can deny God, and that kills your love when you're in denial. Difficulties, Hebrews chapter 5. Difficulties kill your love for God. When you go through challenges and you don't see God through it, because after all, once you get baptized, you become a Christian. I mean, you're in heaven, right? Everything is perfect after that. No financial pressure. No, oh, everything is perfect, right? Yeah, wrong. <laughs> verse 11, or verse 7, I'm sorry. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission, although he was a son. He learned obedience from what he got encouragement of from by the church and all the money and uh, yeah. no. He learned obedience from what he suffered. He learned obedience from what he suffered. The reality of God's power in your life is not when things are going awesome. It's when there's difficulty. That is the reality of your love for God the power of God in your life, when there's difficulty. That's who you are. You know, so, so, so we're making fun of this English football match thing and because we, there's a lesson in it for us all. Yeah. But let me tell you something. It, it's very cool being here because the same lesson happened to the Miami Heat, if there are any basketball fans that are out there. 
Of course, LeBron leaves his hometown to go to Miami, and he makes this big statement, we're going to win nine championships. Well, they only won two. Uh, that's pretty awesome to win two. But now rumors are saying that now he wants to flee Miami and may even want to come to Los Angeles to play with Kobe. They're rumors. It's, it's not, not hard line right there. And you just go, wow, how weak sauce is that? I mean, after all, the Lakers are, the, the, that is God's team right there. And I don't want to get into that, but things aren't going awesome, didn't win, guess I'll leave. And that, that, that's just the heart of the world. You know, uh, Michael's doing Muay Thai and Thai kickboxing, and, you know, there's this incredible family. They're all big-time English supporters. And uh, I go, you know, we go to the boxing yesterday. I go, so what do you guys think of the football? Don't you bring up England. Don't you bring up that team, England. And I was like, and this was a woman. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Traitors. Rooney, what's wrong with him? Just is rebuking Rooney like crazy. And I just thought, man, that's tough. Things going tough, and then you just give up on your team. That's not a good heart, is it? Difficulties can kill your walk and your love for God. The last one is deception. Galatians, when you just get straight up deceived, you think you're in love with God, but you're not. Galatians chapter 3. Then we got to rattle off these Ten Commandments so we can get everybody fired up. Galatians chapter 3. Verse 1. This is, this is hilarious to me. Now, we're going to read this translation. There are other translations that use a different word for the word foolish that we're going to look up. They use the word stupid. So, this is God's word. He says this to the Galatian disciples. You foolish Galatians. In other words, you stupid Galatians. <laughs> Who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? Are you so stupid? After beginning with the spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by what? Human effort. And we stop right there. That can kill your love for God. When you're not allowing the Holy Spirit and be being spiritual, you're trying to attain things by human effort. You want a baptism by human effort. You want to get married by human effort. You want to see a ministry grow. You want to see something happen, and you do it by human effort. You forget it's about being spiritual. You forget that. We forget it so easily. And, and I think that can deceive us into not having a close, close, close love for God, a close relationship with God. And it can come on us without us really, really knowing it. You know, yesterday, it, it was very interesting. Michelle went to have a, a discipling time with, uh, I believe it was uh, Denise Kukoi. She took little Mia with her. Uh, I went to pick up my son Michael from school. And, and of course, we come back from school, and Michelle and Mia we wound up in the same place. I didn't know it. Uh, and so Michelle had to cart with Mia, and, 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 you know, and I was there, and I was talking to Michael, and he goes, there's mom right there. And so mom comes up, and then, and then Michelle didn't have a smile on her face. She had this, kind of, this look right here. And then I look down, and Mia is just crying.
crying and screaming and just going to town. And, and, and I go, she goes, she's been crying like this forever. I don't know what's wrong with her. And of course, I look at me, and it wasn't just a little temper tantrum. There was something that we thought she needed to go to the hospital. So of course, me being the father, da -da 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 -da, the leader, <laughs> babe, let's go home. So we go home. Honey, let me get online. So I get online. After all, got to get online. She goes in the room. Babe, can you help me? The house is in chaos. I run in. I look. I go out. I think, bicarbonate. Yes. I go to the cabinet. I get sodium bicarbonate, the water. I mix it up. I make it sweet because it, it tastes terrible. You put sodium bicarbonate in water. I make it sweet for me. Like a little baby. She's got to take. I put some vitamin C in there, and I make a little concoction right there because I know it's helped my stomach at times. It looked like she had a stomach problem. And I get the little thing, and I go in, and I go, babe, open up, open up, open up. Me is like this. Ah! I put the bike out. She swallows. I put some more in there. She swallows. And Michelle's sitting there. Michael Adrian's in the front room. It's just, it's just chaos. Finally, Mia goes. And this huge avalanche, just waterfall of just stuff that's in a little baby's belly comes on up. I know this is before lunch, but you'll be okay. Hang in there. It's all over Michelle. It's all over the bed. And Michelle, and me, but Mia, she just goes, oh. <laughs> that feels awesome. And so Mia is fired up. Fire, she wipes her mouth right there, and I'm fired up. I look at her, I go, babe. It's my medication, my attention. And you know, you know, you know, babe. You know I'm on it, right? And Michelle's looking at me just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I go into the front room, and little Michael Adrian goes, is Mia okay? I go, yep, she's all right. He goes, awesome. I go, what happened? He goes, I was in the front room praying that Mia would, would get better. And God answered my prayer. Don't I just feel like the derelict father right there? Here I am, the preacher, and the first thing I do, I get online, start making a concoction. Michelle, she's, ah! she's freaking out, anxious as I'll get out. And little Michael Adrian goes, oh, time to pray. And he got the victory because he was spiritual. When you stop loving God and you try to do it by human effort, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. I really believe that was God teaching us and teaching me that we've just got to be much more godly. Amen? Exodus chapter 20. The Ten Commandments of Dating in the Kingdom. Let me give you all ten right now. Number one, double date with disciples. Number two, have inspirational plans. Number three, seek to glorify God, not yourself. Number four. Compliment and encourage one another. Number five, is this a weasel date? And I'll go into detail. Number six, pray on all occasions, on all dates. Number seven, have loads of fun and get loads of advice. Number eight, 
Is that number seven? This is number seven. Are we on number eight? Okay, number eight. It's only a date. Don't turn it into a marriage. And it's only a date. Don't think, I'm going to get married to this person. It's, it's just a date, guys. Not a hint of impurity. And lastly, you got to go every weekend. Amen? Number one. Exodus chapter 20. Double date with disciples. Exodus chapter 20. Of course, we're going to have some encouragement today. We've got some sold-out disciples. They've been around a long time. They're going to get a chance to share here in just a moment. Martin and Teresa Scott will be coming up to share in just a moment here. So I'm looking forward to that, and we're going to finish our lesson. But in Exodus, it teaches us something that really should encourage us. Chapter 20, verse 1. These are the Ten Commandments. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. First thing he says, look, I got you out of slavery. You, you're saved because of me. You shall have no other God before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven, above, or on earth, beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them and worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers, third and fourth generation, those who ate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord, your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day, keeping it holy. And he goes on, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother. Verse 13. You shall not murder. Verse 14. You shall not commit adultery. Verse 15. You shall not steal. 16. You shall not give false testimony. 17. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. Don't struggle with the person next to you's flat right there. Look how awesome that house is. Look at ours. It says, don't covet your neighbor's house. Amen. 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 And of course, he gives the Ten Commandments. There's some insights here. Number one, the law was specific. This was for the Israelites only. This was for them to get to the promised land. He got them out of Egypt. Now it's time to get them to the promised land. The Old Testament is the physical foreshadowing of the New Testament spiritual realities. So them coming out of Egypt is, 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 a, is a symbolic way for us in the New Testament. We come out of Egypt, we come out of sin, right, into the new land, into the desert. The desert, where they get bit by all the scorpions and all that, that is the Christian life. Right? Okay, just make sure you guys are with me there. Uh, and, and, and then he gives them the law. He gives them the Ten Commandments so that they can make it to the promised land. A lot of people think the promised land is, is Christianity. You know, the promised land is heaven. Christianity, you still got all the scorpions and all that stuff to deal with. Uh, so it was people-specific for disciples only. But it was also cool because he was saying, you're special. I'm going to lay down Ten Commandments just for you. It was also time-specific. Of course, the Ten Commandments were given at Mount Sinai, and they were to be honored all the way up until Jesus came. So there was a time frame for the Ten Commandments. It was time-specific. Uh, it was perfect. Uh, it was purpose-specific. The law dealt with sin. It dealt with sin. And so these commandments are all those things. They're specifically for true disciples. They're 
their commandments to help you see that you are special. They're commandments that are time specific. When you get married, things change right there. And it's perfect, uh, purpose specific. It helps you to stay out of sin as a single teen or a campus disciple and be a righteous Christian. Double date with disciples. First Corinthians chapter seven. Verse 39, a woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives. But if her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes. But he must belong to who? The to the Lord. You know, it's very interesting right here. This is written to the Christians. It says if you only can marry somebody who's of the Lord, you only can date somebody who's of the Lord. If you haven't noticed, dating is not in the Bible. So we're just going to look at the spiritual biblical principles that guide us. You know, it's very cool. When you see the distinction God has given us to be totally sold out disciples and the fact that he wants us to marry only Christians. Because he tells us she's bound unless she dies. She can, any, she can choose anyone she wants, but he's got to be a disciple. You marry disciples, you date disciples. The world has a different standard for everything. I forget Maria Hart telling me about uh, a couple that they were reaching out to. Of course, they are elders and deacons. And Maria and Michael reaching out to them, and so they decide to, to, to go on kind of a, a time with them. Uh, spend some time, kind of have a, a day to reach out type of thing. And, and uh, the woman says, uh, shall I bring some alcohols to get us into the mood? <laughs> what mood do you want to get into? You double date with disciples only. Amen? Yes. Marrying outside of the kingdom is marrying outside of the Lord. Dating outside of the kingdom is dating outside of the Lord. You cannot connect with someone spiritually, emotionally, or physically if they are not a disciple. You've got to ask yourself a question. Why would someone want to marry and date outside of the kingdom? Why would someone want to marry and date someone outside of the Lord? Why would someone want to date and marry someone where Jesus is not Lord? It's easy. Jesus is not their Lord. So when Jesus isn't your Lord, then you don't want someone where Jesus is Lord. You want someone where Jesus, if Jesus isn't your Lord, you want someone where Jesus is not their Lord as well. But disciples, Jesus is Lord. So you want someone where Jesus is the Lord of their life. Are you with me there? 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 14, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Bilal and Christ, or Christ and Bilal? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them. I'll be their God. They will be my people. Therefore, come out and be what? Separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing. I'll receive you. I'll be your father to you. You'll be sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty.
mighty. We got a double date with disciples. Can I get an amen on that? I'm going to encourage you. When you go on your double date with disciples, make, make sure you are encouraging. Say encouraging words. Double dating with disciples helps you to avoid Satan's attacks. Satan attacks us. He attacks us emotionally. He attacks us. You know, you start feeling insecure if you're single. No one loves me. No one cares for me. Maybe I, and you start getting awesome. But when you go on a double date and you get that brother that has those flowers, you go, wow, I'm special in the eyes of God. When you're thinking, oh, I don't have a job. I just got fired. All I have is a couple of studies that are tanking on me. And then you get those cookies from that sister. You go, amen. I love double dating with disciples. I love double dating. You know, there's a story of a man who, very dear to me, I, I call him Big Chad. Uh, he's big. <laughs> he's a big guy. And he was an ex-boxer. Ex Chad fell away from the Lord. Chad began going after the women who were not of the Lord. It was very interesting because I moved to California, and this happened while Chad was in Portland. Portland is north of California, and I moved to California. And then Chad went searching for me in Portland, found out I'm living in Los Angeles. He goes, what's he doing down there? He's serving the Lord. So he got a hold of me. He goes, bro, I, what's going on? I followed away, but I got myself a fiance. I want to come back to the Lord. I said, that's awesome. Does she? He goes, no. I go, well, Jesus is Lord of all or what? Not at all. He says, so you're telling me that I got to leave her if I want to have Jesus? Yeah, because you're not married to her. Right now, uh, you're in sin. That's, that's where you're at. You got to get out of that. So he goes, he's challenged by it. I said, on top of that, you got to move down here and be with us in L.A. Because he was three hours away from us. He moves to L.A., puts the relationship on hold, hoping that she will become a disciple. Well, she says, I don't want to become a disciple. I don't want to become a Christian. In fact, maybe that's God saying we don't need to be together. And I'm looking at him. I'm going, maybe, maybe that's it. And he's big, too, and he struggles with anger, so I said it really kindly. <laughs> and so, so then he goes, in tears, he goes, amen. The Lord's will be done. And he broke up with his fiance. You guys are easy. That's not the glory of the story. The glory of the story is she saw him love God more than her, moved to L.A., studied the Bible, became a true disciple, and now they're a shepherding couple in the Inland Empire. That's conviction, is it not? We've got to have conviction that disciples only date disciples and to put Jesus above everything right there. Number two, we've got to have inspiring plans. Isaiah chapter 32. You know, I used to look forward to dating in the kingdom because I, I, I love to have fun as a Christian. If you're not having fun as a Christian, it is totally your fault. Christianity is fun. Uh-oh, Nick Giorgio thinks so. Nick's with me right there. Nick's always with me. Isaiah chapter 32. But the noble man makes noble plans, and by noble deeds, he what? He stands. And so we don't have anybody who's made plans to go on a date the same day. 
We don't have that going on. We don't have sisters that have made plans the same day. That would not be equivalent to noble plans. We also have no sisters that cancel the same day. No, no, that would not be consistent with noble plans and standing by them. And we don't have any brothers that call, oh, sis, I can't, I can't make it on the date. England's playing. And then God humbles you because they get the trash beat out of them. Uh, we got to have some cranking plans for dates. We got to have some amazing plans. I, I, I used to stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning coming up with how to fire Michelle up when I took her on a date. So how can I get her excited about God? Not about me. How can I make her go, wow, he is a man of God? Not, wow, look at his arms. <laughs> look how he catches the Frisbee at Ultimate Frisbee. Ooh. Those muscles will not get you anywhere in the eyes of God. In fact, they'll draw more attention. You can find it wind up falling away. I, I, I just thought of all kinds of plans. I put down a couple of plans that we did. We had a scavenger hunt date where I put together this incredible scavenger hunt and we, we just come, and, and that was the plan. And I'd email it to Michelle, or I'd give it to Michelle, or, or whatever, and we had this great plan. And, and she'd say, wow, we're going on a scavenger hunt on this date. And it was just awesome to have the scavenger hunt date. We did a hide-and-go-seek date. Hide-and-go-seek. We went to a bookstore, kind of like Waterstones. And we, we asked the manager, can we play hide-and-go-seek in here? Wow. We're a Christian group. They go, wow, you guys are crazy, man. And the manager goes, yeah, no problem. And so everybody, you know, we meet together, and then we, we, we go, 199, 100. And so we all scatter. Of course, me, not being competitive at all, uh, I go and I hide behind the counter. The management, they thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Look at this Christian group having a ball. So they let me hide behind the counter. So all the Christians that I was, it was about a triple date. They're all looking for Michael, trying to find me right there. I'm behind the counter for about 40 minutes. It was awesome. <laughs> and it finally came, I won. <laughs> Here I am, a grown man playing hide-and-go-seek in a bookstore. And at the end of it, guess what we did? We shared our faith. And the commentary was, wow, this church is just, you guys are, you have fun. You guys are inspiring. What's that church you go to? And then people are interested because I see you having fun. We had costume dates where we get dressed up like a 70s theme. And we go out. It didn't have to be Halloween. We just put on a costume. Put a big afro right there, come walk down the street. You know, bell bottoms going, get the, you know, can I get a rat on? You know, you're like groovy, man. You know, yeah. And it was awesome. And it, and it got sisters that weren't like that out of themselves. Got brothers that weren't like that out of themselves. What church you guys go to? What do you guys do? Is this, it's not Halloween. It's the middle of spring. You're doing a 70s night. And it was awesome. You go through all this hassle to put this costume together just for your date. We did 80 to 80s night. We did serving dates where we as singles would get together and go serve the marrieds. We did a Michael Jackson video recorder date, where we dance and do Michael Jackson moves in different places in the city, and we video record it and then go back and look at it and watch it. I didn't do that when Michelle did that with another sister. Uh, but this is before we were dating. Before we, dated. Uh, we did picnics. Uh, we, did we did a charity shop date. You give five pounds to each member, and you meet at a charity shop, and, and then you have to trust that the person who has five pounds is going to pick out the costume that you have to wear for that night. Some people picked out awesome things. Some people picked out awful things. But you had to trust God, wear it all night. It was an inspiring plan. 
what kind of heart goes into your planning for your dates? Not just the singles, but also the marrieds. Do you have inspiring plans that don't cost two and 3,000 pounds? You got to travel all over the world just to fire your wife up. We've got to have inspirational plans. We've got to seek to glorify God. Exodus chapter 11. You guys still with me here? Dating is about glorifying God, not yourself. If it's about your glory, you're going to be in trouble. Exodus chapter 11, verse 7. It says, but among the Israelites, do, not, do not, a dog, not a dog will bark at any person or animal. Then you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. In Malachi chapter 3, in verse 18, write this one down. It says, and you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. In Colossians chapter 3, in verse 5, it says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Amen? Amen. Verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Right? And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of yourself. Because after all, you are amazing. You are, you are stupendous. You are fabulous. You are wonderful. You're the most incredible thing in the world. Do it in the name of the Lord, Jesus. Giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. Now, the sad thing is I did feel like that. I thought I was the most awesome thing. I, 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 knew, I thought I was the most amazing thing in the world when I got baptized. I thought I'm going to marry the most incredible. She is gone. I'm, gonna, I'm so awesome. I am incredible. I walk on water. Three weeks after I got baptized, I went to jail. Not that awesome, are you? I got humbled. And it taught me, wow, I, I got to really be about glorifying God. If your date leaves more fired up about you after the date than she is or he is about God, you fail to allow God to get the glory in the date. If your date leaves more fired up about God because they were on a date with you, wow, you glorify God, not yourself. I mean, if that brother comes going, wow, she's, she's really beautiful. Wow. Wow, I think I'm interested in her. <laughs> to God be the glory. <laughs> if, if that's going on, uh, Sis, you got to ask what kind of vibe you're kicking out right there. If, if the sister leaves going, wow, he's so amazing. He's so perfect. He's, he's just like God. He makes no mistakes. He's a perfect idol for me to worship. Oh, wow, I bow down and worship, fall at the knees of him. He's so amazing. He can even pull me out of the kingdom if he really gets bitter and just gets mad at me. You got to glorify God. That date should leave fired up about Jesus. And yes, that puts a godly pressure on you. 
That puts the pressure on you as the person taking on a date to really make sure. And yes, that applies even to your marriage. Because when you, if, when a wife thinks the husband is God, and when the God, and the husband thinks the wife is God, you got problems. Yeah. Little admonishment for the singles right there. But we've got to seek to glorify God. There's a couple of disciples that, in their Christian dating life, they glorify God. That's Martin and Teresa Scott. I want to bring them up at this particular time. Well, men, I just want to thank Michael and Michelle for the chance to share today. You know, I'm, uh, we're a couple that have dated and we got married in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And like Michael said, dating is really all about, um, you know, it's all about glorifying God, not, not ourselves. Um, in, in, in Galatians 6.10, the Bible says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. You know, remember there was a brother once, um, I heard about him on his second date. He was fired up about his sister. So on his second date, he asked the sister to be his girlfriend. <laughs> Amen, brothers, that's not the way to glorify God. Amen. <laughs> you know, as brothers, we need to really look out for and encourage our sisters. Yes. You know, when I got baptized, it was a standard then. We went, we went on dates every week. Right. You know, there was no um, such thing as not going on a date on Saturday night. But what you did, we went on dates. We lo I look forward to dates so much. Be with spiritual sisters where there's no strings attached. I could be myself. You know, I could, and they could still um, accept me for who I am. It, it, it was great. It was great being, um, going on dates in, in the kingdom. It really was. Um, it's not even about having the money for a date or what to do on a date. It's to want to go on a date. It's the thing. I want to go on a date every week. I want to encourage a sister every week. Week in, week out, week in, week out. Without looking for anything back from God. To have that kind of a heart. You know, in the, the church where we it was a bit smaller in the Dublin church, but... We had dating couples, we had marriages. As one year, we had three or four marriages. You know, and even at a smaller church than, than, than Dublin. That's because of the, you know, the healthy culture of dating. So the healthy culture of dating is going to lead to dating couples, it's going to lead to marriages. Now, if you haven't been at a marriage, Christian marriages are awesome. They are so full of fun and so full of joy. When you do things God's way, there's nothing like it. There's a joy in the room. You have to be at a Christian marriage. You have to be a Christian marriage. So as, as brothers, our responsibility to take care of the sisters, to make them feel special. You know, we have to put our hearts into every day. We can't treat people um, favorably. I like this sister, I put my heart into this day. Don't like this sister too much, won't put my heart into that day. God's not going to bless that. God's not going to bless that attitude. Look, I know because I, I used to do that. <laughs> you know, it's a great way to show God <laughs> that you love his people, that you respect his people, you love his sister. And God is fired up about that. Like Michael was saying, you know, there's a number of practicals. Obviously, you have to book dates. We used to book dates, you know, three to four weeks in advance to make sure that dates were booked out. There was no such thing as sister not being on a date on a Saturday night. Um, you have to find out what sisters like, what they like to do. They're cooking a meal, what they like to eat. All these things have to be into it. No, if you're a brother and you, 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 you book a date, clay pigeon shooting. <laughs> Something like that. The sister's not going to be fired up about that. <laughs> so let's think about the sisters before we do that. Obviously doing a lot of prayer before dates, praying about dates. Like Mike was saying, praying about everything is going to work in a great way. Um, one, one of the biggest areas is definitely advice. Advice can save you a disastrous when it comes to dating. You know, I mean, when you're, when you're getting married, it's the person who's going to help you to get to heaven. And if you have kids, they're going to help the kids to get to heaven. You don't want to do the wrong thing. You don't want to trust yourself when it comes to finding the right wife or the right husband. You've got to trust God. You've got to trust his people. So get loads of advice. The more advice, the better. You can't get too much advice when it comes to dating. You know, one time when I was, um, 
I liked uh, a sister once upon a time, and you know, I felt like you know, hopefully there might be some you know, she might like me as well. Whatever. <laughs> so, um, so what you do, you go through the, the proper channels, and you kind of find out, you know, if she likes you. So I was waiting anyway for my disciple to get back to me, and you know, you're kind of a bit worried. You're kind of a bit, what's going on here? Your 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 feelings are on edge. So he comes up to me and um, said, you heard that in back yet? I have. And this is the moment. <laughs> this is the moment I've been waiting for. What's the story, bro? It's not a good time at the moment. <laughs> so man, the old pride gets hurt a bit. You know, get a bit discouraged for a while. But what do you do? You get up and you make sure you want to date that Saturday night. Because <laughs> you're not in here, you're not in the church to get married. <laughs> It's one of the byproducts, one of the many advantages of being a, a, a disciple. You get married. But you're not in the church. We don't get baptized. We get baptized. We don't think about getting married. When I get baptized, I wasn't thinking about getting married. <laughs> I was thinking about my relationship with God and being with godly people. So, you know, um, actually, that, that, that sister I was thinking about, she's no longer in the church at the moment. <laughs> but obviously, God had the perfect sister for me. And, you know... Um, <laughs> You know, we, we would date with many, many different um, brothers and sisters. Teresa started off in London. And, you know, we were prepared to wait for God's timing. No matter how long that took, we were prepared to like, wait for God's timing. And, you know, thank God he blessed me with the wife that I always wanted. With all the characteristics that, she, that I wanted. She loves God. You know, she's faithful. She's loving. She's kind. She's funny. She's creative. Got a big heart for people. And most of all, she loves me. So, I mean... That's the big miracle, biggest miracle of all, amen. In Ephesians 2.19, it says, Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people, members of God's household. Now, we really look after our sisters as brothers. Every brother here, God has someone prepared for you. If you treat Dayton with the respect and the hard work it deserves, God will look after you. I want to introduce my great wife, Teresa. Hi everyone, uh, thanks to Michael and Michelle for allowing me to share to the sis uh, with the sisters. Um, um, just that for me dating is all about building friendship, relationships and uh, um, for me I became a Christian here in, um, a disciple here in London in 1989 and as a young Christian I went on um, many dates with many brothers every week and even as a, an older, more, you know, a sister uh, a bit longer in the faith, I still went on many, many dates. And uh, it's just all about, again, building friendship. Um, um, basically, going on, on dates, it encourages the brothers. And I think it just helps you to, it helps you, um, it guards your heart against the world as well. And, uh, just, uh, so, um, um, and you know, sisters can invite brothers on dates as well. I think what we did, um, I lived in many sisters' flats in London and shared houses with two or three sisters, and we would invite two or three brothers over, cook a three-course meal for them, and watch a movie, and uh, they went away encouraged, and we were encouraged as well. <laughs> and, uh, and I think as well, uh, going on dates builds great memories, and you remember those, those times, and... Um, I would just like to share a scripture uh, with the sisters. It's in Romans 8, 28, and I, I love this scripture. It says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And you know, the Bible says, God works for the good of those who love him. And I believe this is true in dating as well, that um, you know, God has the perfect brother uh, planned for, you, for, for, you, for each sister. 
Um, but it's always in his timing and as you trust him. Um, so uh, just encourage your sisters to uh, get out there and ask the brothers on dates and just build great friendships. Amen. Amen. I want to challenge you guys to get advice from Martin and Teresa on dating right there. Amen? So, so appreciate that there. We've got to make sure that, uh, I, I love what Teresa shared too. Uh, we we got to get, we got to, I read those couple of scriptures because there's got to be a distinction between a disciple and the world. A difference. People got to go, oh, that's different. One of the things that shows a distinction is when a sister asks brothers out on dates. That's different. That's different in the world. Oh, wait a minute. Ooh. That's different. That's awesome. Because it's not about you. It's not about your pride. I had to ask a man out. It's not about, that's weird. That's some issues right there. It's, I want to encourage my brother. And brothers, I don't know how many scriptures there are on leadership. While we're very on the sisters, our brother should have an example. You know what's so cool about Victor Como right there is uh, I, I know I, I got the report that every single sister that went out on a date with him before he started dating. I did not pay them to say that. He was just fired up to glorify God. And there was a distinction between a date on, with Victor and a date with another brother. There was a distinction there. And yet, we've got to glorify God. Amen? We've got to compliment one another often. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We've got to compliment one another often. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. The church in Thessalonica, they encouraged. It was, they did it. They encouraged. They built one another up. We got to compliment one another. This is just something we got to do in the church. We got to compliment one another. Bro, you are awesome. Sister, you are encouraging. Brother, I care about you a lot. Sister, you are very special. Brother, I see what you're going through. I so respect you. Brother, I, 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 I believe in you. Sister, you, you are, you're the best sister I've ever had. You're the most special woman that I've built a friendship with. I want to protect you. I didn't see you on Sunday. And so that's, that's why I'm calling here. I just want to protect you, and I want you to feel loved by the men in this church. We love God. <laughs> just wanted to give you a call. How you doing? See what I mean? Isn't that encouraging? Isn't that comforting? Do you compliment? I know that isn't something that is culturally accepted. But we're trying to be spiritually accepted. We've got to go out of our way to compliment one another. And I think not just in the, in the, in the, in the, in the singles ministry right there, in, in the campus ministry, but we've got to do that just as disciples. But one of the things that really solidifies an incredible, incredible uh, amount of faith is when you get... When you get complimented by a disciple, when you get encouraged. And let me tell you something, even, you can even, sisters, there's ways that you can even disciple brothers. 
without being over them. And it can spur them on to remain faithful. I never forget there's a sister. I, I was doing terrible spiritually. I'd been Christian about a year. And before you know it, I started having my eyes on the world, uh, looking at the women of the world, uh, looking at things online that were not Bible gateway. And before you know it, all of a sudden I had an attitude with the leaders. I stopped trusting people. That's what happens when you're doing terrible spiritually. You get man-focused. I started to stop trusting people, and before you know it, I got in a bunch of sin. I was, about to, I was going to leave God. A sister walked up to me at the end of the church service, and she looked me in the eye, and she just goes, <laughs> and she said these words, I thought we were going to do great things for God together. And she wa She was, I went. Then the rooster crowed, just like Peter, the rooster crowed. I was just like, oh my goodness. But that statement she said kept me faithful. So I took her on a date, and then I married her. Do you compliment? How often do you compliment? I want to encourage you. We got to compliment one another. These are things you do not say. Sister, I love you. All sensual. Sister, you are so beautiful. Look at her dead in the eyes. Brother, you're cute. Sister, you smell really nice. See, it's already getting uncomfortable in here. And definitely just do not, and these are all statements that disciples have made. I like those jeans. That's of the world. And you say, I don't know how to encourage this. Get some advice. Get some advice. We've got to compliment and encourage one another. After all, we are all we got, guys. So we've got to love one another and compliment one another. Song of Songs, chapter 2. A book you're going to have challenges finding. I know we read that one often, right? Song of Songs. Which are the songs of Solomon? Chapter 2 and verse 15 says, Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. This is a great scripture. Because it says you got to catch the foxes. You know, when I became a, a disciple, one of the things that became very, 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 very obvious as the church began to grow is that there were, there were brothers that went on what we call, and sisters that went on what we call, weasel dates. Now, what is a weasel? The weasel is Britain's smallest carnivore that belongs to the same family as the otter. They are very, very secretive. It's a weasel. You can go on a weasel date. We just, a secret date. It's a weasel date. Where you're given a task to get items for church or something like that at the local Sainsbury, and you're going to go with your brother or your sister, and before you know it, you go down to Sainsbury to get the items together. And you pick up the items together, and then you figure, well, there's a, Better discount at Morrison's. So then you head on over to Morrison's together. And 
Better discount at Tesco, even though they got horse meat going on and all that. But, so then you go down to Tesco, and, you, and then before you know it, you figure, well, why don't we just take a cab back to get back sooner? And then you're in the cab together. And before you know it, you are full on a date. You've weaseled a kingdom event into a date. You know, one of the things that really showed a distinction with me and Michelle, and it helped a man that really is an incredible disciple and led our church in Eugene. What showed a distinction is when he came to church, we weren't sitting together like this. We were at church to worship God, not worship one another. And we were dating. We were dating. We were in a full-on dating relationship. More importantly, we didn't use the kingdom events to kind of weasel out a date right there. You know, to kind of, you're at Devo and you're really not there for the Lord. You're there for that sister that you like, that brother that you like. Now, it's awesome to have vision for yourself. Not saying don't have vision for yourself. But we cannot have weasel dates. You've got to ask yourself sometimes, are you going on weasel dates? These secretive dates where no one's around to see your heart, and you're using a kingdom event as a weasel date. Now, we also got to pray on all occasions. Ephesians chapter 6. One of the things I did on all, all the dates I went on, and I encourage is to have a prayer before and after. If you don't do it after, uh, make sure it's before. He says, Pray in the spirit on all occasions and with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. We got to pray before and we got to pray after our date. Psalms chapter 32. We got to have loads of fun and get loads of advice. In Psalms chapter 32 and verse 11. This is a very convicting scripture. It says, rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing all you who are upright in heart. You know what that scripture teaches? People that don't sing are not righteous. It says, rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing all you who are upright in heart. So when you're not upright in heart, you don't sing. You're not glad. You're not fired up. You're not having fun. I got to go on a date. And the singing stops. You're no longer singing. You're depressed. I've talked to some of you. Bro, you going on a date? No, I ain't got any money. I'm broke. Well, that's a whole nother lesson. You need to get a job. But we got to rejoice. You got to have fun when you go on dates. You can't have just some religious experience with the sister. You gotta have, it's gotta be awesome. You gotta have fun when you're on a date. You gotta make it fun. You gotta go out of your way just to make it an encouraging time where people go, wow, th this is how they do it in the church. I, I, wanna, I wanna do that right there. You gotta have loads of fun and you gotta get tons and tons of advice. I don't forget one brother. He says, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this awesome party, and I'm going to invite some, some, some brothers and sisters over. And he, he was from Russia. And, I'm gonna, and I, it's going to be amazing. I've got the greatest vodka. And we're going to, you know. I said, bro, yeah, and it wasn't Yuri. It wasn't Yuri. I said, bro, you probably don't want to bring vodka to a date. Well, I mean, the Bible says you can drink. Bro, but you probably want to get some advice. Don't bring vodka to a date. So he didn't bring it. Thank God. But after that, he was very embarrassed, and he, he, he was very hard line about getting tons of advice. 
and making sure that the dates are fun. Let me ask you a question. Are you having dates that are fun? If you are, that's awesome. That is awesome. God gets the glory. But have you went on four or five super incredibly faith-building awesome dates this month? I mean, that, that would just flat out. Or is, is going on date, is it work? Is it work or is it a fun time? You know what's so cool about dating is you, you get to plan a time. To, I, we, I look so forward to it. I go, wow. You know, there's so many things about Christianity that are challenging and require, but, but dating, wow, that Saturday night date. I cannot wait to make it so fun for the other brothers, for the other sisters, and just to have a good time. I never forget one time, uh, Nick Bordieri, who leads Mercy Worldwide, me and uh, his wife and Michelle, we went on a date, and of course Michelle and Denise came to our house, uh, and then we said to them, we told them to go into the, to, to the living room and that we are going to go in the kitchen and have a prayer and uh, that they needed to trust God. And they were like, okay, well, you know, all right, man. And so as they went into the, to, the, to, to pray and we went to the kitchen, we left and got into the car and went downstairs. But when they came into the kitchen, there were some flowers there and a note. And it said, meet us downtown. So they went downtown. And then they went to a restaurant. And there was another flowers there and another guy. Hey, are you Michelle and Denise? And there was another note. Go across the street. And they went across the street, and there were some balloons. There was another note. Go across the street again. And there was about five or six. We were waiting in the restaurant watching them run all around, just sitting there. It was awesome. And so they got balloons, and they got flowers and cards, and they're going to all these people. And, they're, and then finally, and then the last destination was the restaurant we were at. And they finally came there, and then we had dinner together. It was just so fun. I remember that to this day. It was fun. And we had a good laugh right there. Are you having loads of fun on your dates? Get some advice. Get some advice and have tons of fun. Number eight, it's only a date. You guys still with me here? It's only a date. It's not, you get, you're not getting married, so don't get all insecure. Take the pressure off. You're not, it's not, it's not, it's not you getting married. It's just a date. I'm going to give you two scriptures here. Number one is in 1 Samuel chapter 25, verse 44. It says, but Saul had given his daughter Michal David's wife, to Paltiel, son of Laish, who was from Galim. Say, well, what does that have to do with it only being a date? Well, David was challenged by Saul to go out and kill 100 Philistines and, and, and get 100 foreskins. Instead of getting 100 foreskins, David went above the call of duty and got 200 foreskins, highlighting a true disciple. You don't just do the bare minimums. You go above the call of God. Not the call of God, but the call of duty, rather. And so that's what he did. Then in 2 Samuel chapter 3, in verse 15, you got this guy, Paltiel, who gets this wife who was rightfully supposed to be David's. And in verse 15, it says, So Ishbosheth gave orders and had her taken away from her husband, Paltiel, son of Laish. Her husband, however, went with her weeping behind her all the way to Bahrain. Then Abner said to him, Go back home. So he went back. What's the lesson? This guy was given who was rightly supposed to be David's. He made a marriage out of something that wasn't supposed to be a marriage. And it killed him because he went home. The Bible just says once she was taken away, he just, he just went, went crying. You know, sometimes God may allow you to date just to help you to get prepared for who you're going to marry. He may let you date someone just to get you ready for who you're going to marry. You may date and do awesome, and then God will go, let me take you away from here. Are you going to go crying like Paltiel and fall away over it? Not if God has been glorified and you realize it's only a date. 
Are you guys with me there on that? That's for those that are dating. Now, for those that are not dating, it's still only a date. Even if it's your interest, don't, don't make it a marriage. Don't, 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 don't worry. And for those of you where you go, she's, I'm not interested in her. It's only a date. Amen. Don't, I don't want to go. Some of you ask, bro, can you ask her on a date? <laughs> that's some of you. That's how, you. that's how it looks. Hey, bro, can you ask her? <laughs> bro, it's only a date. You're going to take her out to encourage her. Why are you looking like um, Jesus just came back or something like that? See the whites of your eyes and everything. I'm like, bro, God, just take her out. Don't make it more. That's the cool. I love what Martin says. The pressure is off in the kingdom. You can just be yourself. You're not, it just, and let it happen naturally. It's only a date. There can't be a hint of impurity. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Last one. Two more. This one and one more. Ephesians chapter 5. It's only a date. And it can be a hint of impurity. Verse 3. But among you, there must not even, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or any greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For you can be sure no immoral or impure or greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of God and Christ. We stop right there. Impurity is obviously the lust of the eye and the flesh and all of that. We understand that. Impurity is also bitterness towards dating. It's impurity of the heart. Now, you can have an attitude about dating. It doesn't work out for you, and all of a sudden, I'm not going on dates. That's a bitterness. Can't have a hint of that. Can't have a hint of that. But more importantly, you got to make sure you guard your heart of impurity. My experience as a disciple, men struggle visually. Women struggle emotionally. So women can get attached to a brother more than they're attached to God. And that, that's impure. That can, anything you love more than God is, is impurity. Anything that can, that can, and you know what, because whatever controls you, is that's what you love. That is your God. Whatever controls you, that's your God. So if you're controlled by football, it's doing bad, and all of a sudden you're depressed. Okay, don't make football your God. Right? Whatever controls you is your God. So there can't be that emotional impurity where, where, where sisters are trying to get your needs met from brothers, get your needs met from God, and there can't be that physical impurity. I don't think I need to go into that one, but we can't have a hint of impurity. How do you get rid of a hint? Well, you just make sure you got two or three disciples with you every time you go on a date. Because let me tell you something, things change when you got a couple other disciples right there with you. When you got that sister you like or that brother you like and the guard goes down and you get to doing this and all of that, kicking out right here, and you know, you know what sisters are doing, they start playing with their hair and all of that, and brother starts sticking your chest out and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, trying to draw the attention, all that stuff. But when you got, when you got, you got a couple of disciples there with you, 
Oh, baby, it guards your heart. I'll never forget the super embarrassing one story. I remember Michelle, we were not dating. And I totally liked Michelle. She liked me. And there was a situation, and, 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 and I, I go, I go, go ahead, go ahead, Michelle. Michelle goes, no, you walk first. I go, oh, okay, all right. And my, my heart was just kind of like, I just wanted to, she had this beautiful little dress on. I just kind of wanted to, she was pretty. And she goes, no, bro, you go first. And I go, okay, amen. And then there were other disciples there, and I was, whoa, okay. Because then a brother came to me and said, bro, you, you kind of focused on Michelle a little bit there. On the date. I got back spiritual right away. Boom, it was awesome. Amen. Jesus Christ, we're having a great time here. Amen. Have some fun. Can't be a hit of impurity. Can't have that. That doesn't help you. And lastly, you got to go every weekend. You got to go on dates every single weekend. Now, I hear the marriage fired up about this, but you singles, you need this. You need this. Some of you looking at me with pierced looks on your faces, see the veins in your foreheads and all that stuff. I can tell this is challenging you. This is good. We live, this world is messed up things, guys. So you, you need to hear this good stuff. You got to go on a date every week. I'm going to give you the same practical challenge until I see it manifest in the church. There you go. Go on a date with a sister that you like. Say you like her out loud. It's okay. Not to her. But to her, your discipleship partner. Don't, don't, don't say, hey, I like you. Let's go. No, no, no. To her discipleship partner or to his discipleship partner. And to yourself. Be honest. Yeah, I like her. Okay? Go on a date with the, with the brother or sister that you like. Once. Okay? Date number two. Go on a, a date with a brother or sister that you totally cannot stand. And be honest. With yourself, <laughs> just do not like this, brother, but I'm going on a date anyway. Go on a date with a brother or sister that you really don't know. Maybe you're in a different ministry. You're in a different group. You, you, you have different, it's kind of different. You just don't really know. Go on a date with that, that, that particular disciple. So we got the one you don't know. We got the one you like, right? We got the one you don't like. Say it again. Which you, yeah, you could end up liking. You could end up liking. Right? So you got the one you like, don't like, one you don't know, and the one that's just flat out a friend. You don't, there's no, I mean, and you know that particular person. You know that person where it's just like, you, you joke with each other, you disciple one another, you go back and forth. You, there's no pressure. Go on those four dates. Because let me tell you something. If you get married, when you get married, amen, amen. that husband or wife is going to be somebody you don't know, somebody you don't like, somebody who's just your friend, and somebody who is awesome. You will have those four different levels of the relationship. And as God gave them the Ten Commandments to disciple them, to get them to the promised land, these Ten Commandments I've given you are just to disciple you, to help you get yourself married right there. So you take all the points. D, double date with disciples. I, inspirational plans. S, seek to glorify God. C, compliment one another. I, is this a weasel date? P, pray on all occasions. L, loads of fun, loads of advice. I, it's only a date. N, not a hint of impurity. G, go every weekend. It's all about discipling. Dating is all about discipling, guys.
I want to challenge you to set up four dates after this, this lesson here, guys, today. Set up four dates to God be all the glory. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H.org.uk. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events, or devotionals, you can find all that on our website also. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.